Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Oh, we're talking about our Hawks. They lost to the Bulls last night, last home game before the All-Star break. And then we got into a whole nother discussion about our star and Trey Young, not because we wanted to, but because our guest, we asked him. He's an NBA insider, and uh, he came on and said, look, uh, Nick Friedle said, uh, I don't think they can win with him. And it got us talking mm. about this whole thing, and a lot of you are chiming in. We're going to get back to that discussion here in about 20 minutes. So stay tuned. Guy talk on the way coming up as well. I do want to mention this, Mike, because uh, before we get to Connor Riley, we had talked about Eagles all-pro pass rusher Hassan Reddick. And yeah, news was yesterday he wanted out of Philadelphia. And, of course, that obviously perked our ears up because he'd be a perfect fit for any team looking for edge rush. Well, we were saying, could we make a trade for right. him? Well, today it comes out, and this is being reported by Jordan Schultz, who covers the league as well. He says um, he spoke to him. And the Eagles, Hassan Reddick, says, I would like to get an extension done here at home ah. in Philly. At no point did I ever tell the organization I want to be traded He's got another year, uh, so again, that's why you'd have to trade for him. But okay, Mike, Mike maybe so it's that, fake that's, eagle news. Maybe maybe that's out of the the realm of possibility now. But okay. we're we're still looking for pass rushers, though. Yeah, now there's a couple options. We were talking about it off the air. Where could you? I know everybody wants to get the quarterback. Can we get a quarterback and an edge rusher and still have money in the cap? Create some guys restructuring, I would think, Carl, at the bare minimum. But uh, I know other guys feel it's one or the other. Like either you draft a quarterback or you go, you know, you go get one free agent wise. And what about the edge rush thing? Where are we going to be tomorrow? Talking to our coordinators up at Flowery Branch. Make sure you're here. You want to hear from our new OC, our new DC, mm. our special teams coordinator. You'll get a chance to hear all of that right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. With that, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. All right, Connor Riley. Uh, Mike and I have uh, been talking about not necessarily a dog issue, but the Alabama situation, is it interesting to you that the way the coaching staff is playing out, guys coming and guys leaving, there's been already a lot of turmoil there. It doesn't seem settled to me, Connor, and I just I want to get your opinions on this. It's, it's a weird situation. Uh, Ryan Grubb, uh, the offensive coordinator formerly of Washington when Kalen DeBoer was the head coach there, been with Kalen DeBoer for a lot of steps in his rise up the coaching ranks. And when it became clear that Grubb wasn't going to be his replacement at Washington, seemed like he was going to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. And Alabama never formally introduced him. They never formally announced him. 
But Grubb was out on the road recruiting for Alabama. He was speaking to donors as as a member of the Alabama staff. And then at the 11th hour, right when the transfer portal window closes for these Alabama players who are potentially looking to play elsewhere, has learned that Grubb is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And it, it all lines up a little too cleanly, a little too neatly to make it look like Grubb was maybe doing his former friend, or you know, likely still friend, Kalen DeBoer, a solid, and saying, "Hey, I've got a better opportunity to be the Seahawks' offensive coordinator, but I'm not going to accept that job until maybe the transfer portal window closes or right before it closes." And that's certainly the way it looked. Seattle was the last team to hire uh, a coordinator uh, in Grubb. He was the last uh, coordinator slot to be filled. And it all lines up just a little too neatly to think that this wasn't maybe perhaps orchestrated as a way to sort of get the Alabama roster and keep it intact as much as it possibly can, given how much that roster has already turned over this offseason. I know that uh, a lot of folks look at uh, Alabama as just not being able to sustain what uh, what Saban put together, but they basically were able to because of you know the th- maybe it was shady, but they were able to keep much of that class together. There were some defections, but I mean, in the t- off the top of your head, would you put, still put Ohio State right now as the number one roster? Would you put them over Georgia if we're just talking about talent and then coaching power? I would take Georgia right now number one. I know Ohio State they go out to bring in Chip Kelly as their offensive coordinator, but I think the impact that Carson Beck has, and especially in comparison to what the Ohio State quarterback situation is, I know they load up. I know they bring in Caleb Downs. I know they bring back a lot of key contributors from last year's team. I still trust Georgia a little bit more with their infrastructure and with what they have on a year-in, year-out basis. And the tipping point to me. You know what Carson Beck's floor is and what he's going to be able to give you. Ohio State had to go out. They bring in Will Howard from Kansas State, a guy who was losing reps to a freshman in Avery Johnson, granted a talented player, but a one that, you know, Kansas State wasn't exactly sad to see Will Howard leave a season ago. And so because of that, because of the quarterback position in particular, I actually give a little bit of the edge to Georgia here in terms of who the top team is to start next season. All right, Connor Riley's joining us from Dog Nation. Connor did a great job uh, on a piece saying it's it's the way too early top 25 rankings. And I just want to put this out there because this may temper some expectations about what this schedule is and what it may look like for Georgia. Uh, ESPN top 25 rankings for 2024 has Georgia number one. Ohio State two, Oregon three, Texas four, Notre Dame five. I'm going to stop there because I want people to realize Georgia opens up with Clemson. They are currently or would be ranked 19th to start the season. You have to play at number four, Texas, at number nine, Alabama, at number 23, Kentucky, at number six, Ole Miss. You're playing five ranked teams as it currently sits right now, just what we know right now. And you know this will change, Connor. But this schedule, man, when you put it that way and you look at the ranked teams, it's daunting. And especially the road games. It's in my mind, uh, it is the most difficult road road schedule in the country. Uh, At Ole Miss, I think it's going to be a very difficult place to play. Um, Obviously, uh, the Texas and Alabama games are going to be huge. And even Kentucky, uh, a program that has given Georgia some issues when that game has been played in Lexington, you add in the fact that they've got Brock Vandegrift as the quarterback, Jamon Dumas Johnson, who who knows that Georgia program well, is now a starting inside linebacker for them. And then you open up with a Clemson team that, yes, they they lost four games this year and I think have continued to take steps backwards from where they once were. They still ended the season on a five-game winning streak. Uh, From the outside perspective, 
there's no real easy weeks. There's no, you know, South Carolina Vanderbilt's on this schedule this season. You know, yes, they get Auburn at home and they get Mississippi State at home before Texas. But it's a schedule that on a week-by-week basis is just far more difficult uh, from a 10,000-foot perspective. But having said all that, I think Georgia sort of welcomes that. I think that there are times in the past with their schedule where they weren't super fired up every week because they just knew they'd walk out on the field and they'd be better than who they were playing. I think Georgia knows this season they're going to have to have their chin strap buckled every single week that they go out there, just given they're playing a better quality schedule and a better quality opponent than what they're used to seeing. So Hmm. it's certainly a challenge that Georgia is going to have to meet, but I think it is one that they are actually excited to meet as well. How about some crocodile tears? Pardon the pun. I know they're Gators with the Florida schedule, Connor. Some would say that's the number one most difficult schedule. Carl, they got Miami out of conference, A&M, Miss State, UCF out of conference, Tennessee, UK, Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State to wrap up the season. For a guy, Billy Napier, that a lot of folks feel is in the hot seat from many of his own fans. Yeah, that 11 Power 5 games on the schedule next year and those final five games after they're by, starting with the Georgia game. I, it's as difficult as it gets. And you're really, if you're Billy Napier, you're going to need to stack wins early um, mm. because I don't know that he is necessarily in a position to survive that stretch run. And, and, you know, there was a lot of optimism at one point early in the 2023 season for Florida. They get a big home win over Tennessee, but they give a lot of that away. The recruiting class that was at one point ranked as high as number three in the month of November finishes around, I believe, 16th and they lose a lot of key pieces there from that recruiting class. It's a Florida program that is not taking positive steps. And when you add Texas and you add Oklahoma into uh, this conference, it, you know, this is a Florida program, you know, 15 years ago was winning a national championship, went toe-to-toe with Alabama in back-to-back seasons. And now that just seems so far away. And with this schedule and with where this program is, it just seems like another struggle uh, for Billy Napier. And I don't know if he's going to be able to survive another five or six win season with what he's been building there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know if he can either. And, and what's crazy is it feels like this just started, right? But it's now you, you get to the point where it's a results business. We know it doesn't take long to turn these programs around, especially with the portal and everything that's going on. What's been his issue, right? It's quarterback, right? He's not been able to find that, that difference maker. I mean, Anthony was there for one, what, one season, basically. Right. You know, Graham Mertz played okay this year. I think he maybe exceeded expectations there. But they signed the number one quarterback in the country in DJ Lagway. You know, it's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds. You know, they make some positive strides, but then that first year you lose to Vanderbilt. You lose to Florida State at the end of the season. And then this year I think we all expected that Utah game to open up the season where, you know, Utah wasn't overwhelmingly more talented than Florida, but Florida really shot itself in the foot. And I think the biggest issue for Billy Napier is he preached patience when building this team and saying, hey, it's going to take some time to get my guys in here and build this up, but give me time and we're going to do it the right way. I just think that's the wrong way to approach you know, building up a program in this day and age, given you have the transfer portal and you've seen you know, TCU gets to a national championship in year one, uh, year two, Kalen DeBoer at Washington takes them to a national championship. It's easier than ever to flip a roster and to bring in talent. And I get that you're doing it in the SEC and you have to play Georgia every year and you've had to play LSU every season. But you can't preach patience and then go from a six-win team to a five-win team. And now entering year three, 
a year where most of these guys on your roster are guys you've now recruited and brought in. And if you don't take significant steps forward, I'm saying get to eight, maybe even nine wins, it's going to be hard to see him hang around and get a fourth year just given where the rest of this league is. And if you continue to not keep up at a place like Florida, you wonder if maybe they start to turn into what Tennessee was for a long time, right. a team that just could not you know, get above maybe that nine-win threshold in a year. And that's not where Florida wants to be, given it, you know, it, it was the best team in this conference in the 90s, right. and it had a ton of success in the 2000s there as well. Oof, that's like Galen Hall, Charlie Pell type Florida. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, Connor, before we cut you loose, I know we don't talk a lot of round ball on the show. What the hell happened to Georgia basketball? They lost five in a row. They were looking like an at-large team for the tournament. They look terrible right now. I think it's one of those things. They're learning how to both handle success and handle failure, and, and there are going to be some growing pains. It certainly looked like they were ahead of schedule, uh, with the early success they had in conference, you know, getting a win over South Carolina on the road was certainly a nice feather to have in their cap. But they struggled to close out games, and it's one of those things of, you know, a lot of their better players are new or, or, or again, still year two under Mike White. They're taking some positive steps, but you've got to see them finish out these games. They had leads at home against Alabama, uh, against South Carolina there, and they've got to find a way to close it out. And so moving forward, again, I, I never – tried to hype up that this was going to be an NCAA tournament team. Mm -hmm. But during this closing stretch, you want to see them take more positive steps and hope that that can translate into next year where I think, you know, with the talent that they're bringing in and the talent they hope to bring back can maybe be better positioned to, to make an NCAA tournament. But you have to build those steps gradually. And this five-game losing streak, I think, has hurt the, a little bit. Connor, great job, man, as always. By the way, announcement on G-Day game. We don't know the official date yet, right? Has not officially been announced yet. I would believe it would likely be April 13th. That is the same Saturday as the third round of the Masters. Again, that is not official yet, but that is when I have been told it is likely going to be. All right, man. Good stuff. Appreciate you as always. Uh, tell the people where they can find your stuff. Yep, you guys can follow me on Twitter at KConnorRiley. All right, Connor Riley, guys, Dog Nation. We're going to come back, 404-726-0929. We're going to take more of your phone calls. If you're just tuning in, you're saying about what, Dukes and Bell? What? About Trey Young and whether or not the Hawks can win with him. We think he can. We can. One of the guys we had on the show today said, we can't, and you didn't like it. It's Dukes and Bell. 2-9 the game. Sometimes things happen on this show, and... It takes a turn. That's kind of what happened today. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, we're still buzzing about the Super Bowl and all the things, and Evan Washburn stopped by to talk about that. We just talked with Connor Riley, but earlier in the show, we talked with Nick Friedle. He's an Odyssey NBA insider, and we asked him about our Hawks, who lost last night to the Bulls, and that was part of the conversation. But I want you to hear what he had to say as he was analyzing our team and talking about Trey Young specifically and his assessment that this team will not win. Big. We will not win it with him uh, as our star. And uh, these are just some of the things that he had to say before we grab your phone calls. No, I absolutely don't. And, and I agree. I mean, if you set up Trey Young with a better roster construction, I think you could see uh, a difference as far as a play-in team or are you getting then into uh, a higher seed in the playoffs? Sure. Mm. I have never believed, guys, in, in full transparency – since he came out of Oklahoma, that you were going to win with that guy as your number one star. And it's not to knock 
uh, Trey as an offensive player, he's unbelievable. I just have never bought that a guy who is that gifted offensively but is going to continue to get crunched on the defensive end uh, is the type of guy that you are building around as your number one star on a title team. Now, we've talked a lot about the comparisons to when Travis Schlenk was putting this team together, Carl, you know, years ago, being like, you know, Golden State East, if you will, and that Trey would be our Steph Curry, and we got to go find another splash brother for him. And was that the thinking behind DeJounte Murray? Mm. Because it didn't, and it hasn't really worked out, but I, I understand maybe why we tried, but to give up three number ones, that was something Travis Schlenk was against. The point we're getting, I'm trying to get to, is we just haven't given him a supporting cast. He's got to have a, a three. We got no defense. We we play no defense. Dame Lillard doesn't play defense. Halliburton doesn't play defense. So you got to have somebody that plays defense. You shouldn't be saying to Trey, whose defense has gotten better this year, that somehow he's the, the number one source of our defensive liability. We well, didn't play defense. Thank you, Nate. I, I want you guys to think about this because you know he, he talked about uh, Steph Curry as well, and, and I just want you guys to realize this: the way the Warriors were built, they always protected Curry with guys that could play defense. Right. There's a reason why Draymond's there and Iguodala was there, Mike, and you talk about their role players, okay? You surrounded him. You knew what he was offensively, but you surrounded him with guys that could protect him defensively. You knew he was going to give up some things on the, on the defensive end, but that wasn't the biggest concern. That's not why they won four chips. It's the construction of the team. And, and that is just kind of dismissed when we go, well, yeah, and Trey Dunn played even. Well, I got to tell you, Steph Curry's never been all NBA first-team defense. Right. Never. But the way the team was built allowed him to do what he does and allowed them to play defense and lock down when they needed to because they could protect him. That's not going on here. No, I mean, look, DeAndre Hunter, it, he's played really well of late since coming back from the injury. Last night, you know, another good effort. Trey, like, Trey and DeJounte couldn't hit a three-point of their life dependent on it last night at State Farm at home. But uh, I just think the inconsistency of bogey, the inconsistency. I mean, we talked about Trey, Trey, the, the pick and roll and the way that Trey can get to the basket or at least get to the top of the key. And we got guys who don't finish. Capella. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there are things you can argue about with Trey, but there's things that you can't put on his shoulders. Let's take your thoughts, man. Xavier, thank you for listening to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. What do you think, Xavier? Hey, man. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, to me, this is very similar to when you talk about in football, hey, we can win the Super Bowl with a third-round pick, right? right? You know how hard it is to <laughs> construct a team like the Golden State Warriors? Like, if you could do that pretty easily, everybody would do it. Hmm. Do you really want to gamble with that? Like, when you name the other point guards that's been successful, Helbert and Bronson, Luca, yeah, they're on better teams, but ask yourself, are they really going to win a championship? Do you want to win a championship or do you just want to be better? If you want to be better, then cool, build the round tray. Try your luck. But if you want to win championships, I say you trade, trade, get a lot of assets, and try to build your team hmm. like most successful teams build their team, which is about a big man, a power forward, showing for people that play defense and can play offense as well. Good stuff. Xavier, thank you for your opinion. Bob Myers, here's the brilliance of what they did in Golden State. You said you want to build a team like Golden State. First of all, they drafted all those guys. Secondly, it was the complementary pieces year in and year out that they went and got. That's how they won. Mm-hmm. They drafted the, the core, and then they went and got the complementary pieces every year. Those pieces changed out. Right. We haven't drafted like that. No, we, 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 we haven't. 
No, and again, guys, the the, the future. What do you say, so guys? Okay, so he doesn't like where we're built. A couple guys hit us up on the text. What do we do now? Well, there's three options. You completely blow the thing up, right? Yeah. Or which is what is which is what Nick yeah. for Because was basically saying. you're stuck. And, and for guys who don't know Nick, Nick was on ESPN for 14 years. He's one of the casualties when Disney cut a bunch of people Correct. at ESPN. But he does he does a lot of He's stuff. He's been covering the league a long time. Covered the Bulls, big big Chicago guy. But you know it's it's a pers- perception and perspective from outside Atlanta, where a lot of folks you know maybe you're blinded by Trey's brilliance and you feel that somehow this team is, is more. It's not. We're, this is three years in a row. Now that's not on Trey. We just touched on it. No, it's not. You no, know, Fields comes on the radio and tells you about let's not let's be patient. Let's not get into resulting. Well, then what are we going to do? Now, I don't get mad at the organization for not trading DeJounte at the trade deadline to make a bad situation worse by giving up three number ones mm-hmm. and then getting fleeced again, right, at the trade deadline for an expiring contract that doesn't do anything for you, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have helped you so, long term. But can you, the other option I'm getting to is can you, if you're not going to blow it up, get wrestler to spend some money because, look, Herter was, I don't know how much, if you weren't willing to pay Herter some big money, but he's a nice role player. And teams that win championships have guys like that. Yes. And then you don't you don't move John Collins when the, the iron was hot. So you miss an opportunity to get more value for John Collins, right? Then you throw the DeJounte thing in. That's why we are where we are. But you could trade DeJounte. Maybe you trade. You'd have to bite the bullet. And Okongu has to go. But get some scoring and a 3 and D guy in here to work with Jalen, right? Then maybe we could go do something here. That's the thing. But that's going to cost money. Yeah. All the teams that yeah. are – twelve half the teams that are right now in the playoffs are in the luxury tax. Because it costs. Let's talk to Cody up next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Cody, what do you think, man? Hey, man. Look, y'all just led into what I'm about to say. As long as Tony Wrestler and company are running this team, we're not going to ever get anywhere, and it doesn't matter who we have playing for us. And second of all, Trey Young, he's a dog. We've all seen it. He plays better when there's hate around him. He plays better when that momentum's going. And I feel like they blew up Travis's team way too quick. I mean, Kevin Herter, you were just talking about him. He just took Sacramento to the playoffs by himself, basically. I mean, he had pieces around him, but, I mean, he, he got hot. John Collins, I mean, what happened to the pick and roll with Collins and Trey? Um, and they just rushed into it. And I feel like Tony Ressler and them, just they're running the team terrible. And that's what I got for you guys. Cody, man, thank you so much for listening. Um, we're going to let you hear this entire interview in its entirety coming up at 520, guys, because it's interesting. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of Hawks fans, Mike, were looking at us to say to, to, to run this guy, to get him out of here, right? Get him out of here. No, we weren't going to do that. He's entitled to his opinion, and he thinks this is the way things are going to go for our Hawks, which is why we're talking about it. I don't know what the second half of the season looks like. They'll be better. But I do think our last caller who said, what do you want to do? Do you just want to be competitive or do you want to win championships? I want to grab Josh real quick here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Josh, you're up next. Hey, man. Hey, man. First of all, I love the show, guys. Uh, I know you can't agree agree with me. Best thing that ever happened in the show is Squid Billy getting off the show. You can say amen under your breath. But, uh, he loves Squid. He's, 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 no, no, I cannot let that slide. Squid he's is a doing great, a great producer for us. And he did a great a, job. Number number one show in the morning drive. They're doing a great job. Yeah, come on. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> come on. I, but go ahead. What's your what's your thought, man? Trey Young. Don't don't think anybody can question uh, that he's a great player. But you got to blow it up. It's the Atlanta curse of you're not going to get the big name guys in here to correlate with him. Either be big man power forward like the other callers are saying. You got to blow it up. Build it through the draft. Just, we're not going to be able to get the pieces around Trey. Trey's a great player, but I think he would be in a better spot with like a Golden State or where he's a big piece of that. But you, I don't think he's just going to be able to maintain that number one role with the Hawks. 
Okay. I mean, he puts up the numbers we talked earlier, but I haven't talked about the Luca thing. I mean, Trey is like, you know, top 10 in scoring, second in assists. But again, it's, imagine you're he's second. On, by yeah. the way, he's yeah. on pace to right. lead the NBA in total assists again. Right. Again. And you're in, you're second in assists, and you look at the team and go, well, how, how many guys can score on this team? And you're doing it. If Hunter can finish strong this year, but what are the odds of that? You know, we talked about the inconsistency of the starting five. You know, last night, and unfortunately last night, Trey and, you know, DeJounte couldn't hit the three. It, it just, it, this team is exasperated. And then on top of all that, none of the callers really addressed it. They don't play a lick of defense. They just don't play defense. Yeah, that can't be, that can't be ignored. All right, guys, more uh, on this coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Mike, what do we got coming up in Guy Talk? Hey, man, all these wacky conspiracy theories, the game was fixed. I'll tell you what was fixed. What? The color of the Gatorade. Really? Somebody made some money on that. We'll explain next on Dukes and Bell. Where the players play, don't forget to pick up your Dukes and Bell Hey Man Ale, guys. Uh, before you know it, we'll be in nice golf weather. It'll be nice and spring and warm. We get the watermelon lime. Right now, it's our, the OG, the Hey Man Ale. It's your favorite package store. All right, uh, I told Carl to start the show today. I'm at the gym, ran to this dude that I see all the time, and uh, he's a stunt man. He's an actor. He's got the big studios down there by Fayetteville at Trillis. So okay. he's in a lot of the movies. And he's like, What do you think of the Super Bowl, man? I go, It's, it's entertaining. He goes, Now the fix was in, obviously. I'm like, What? And I'm like, I'm like, What? I'm literally like, Come on. I go, I go, You're too smart for this. Right? I mean, I mean, I think he's too smart for that. And I said, It's silly. I go, So there's a conspiracy. That's in, it's involving three different football teams. Buffalo was in on the fix. The uh, the Ravens, and then obviously Shanahan told his guys to fumble the football and, <laughs> and make sure that uh, one, yeah. one of the up men you know hasn't hit his heel. Not to mention miss an extra point. So I just I'm, I'm over this with the with these the intellectually lazy and ignorant, ridiculous, absolutely nonsensical theories that everybody gets into now about conspiracy this conspiracy that. Well, just as I said that, Carl, suspicious suspicious betting leads to questions about the Super Bowl Gatorade color odds. What were the odds? Well, apparently they were pretty low that uh, the big Kool-Aid man himself, Andy Reid, would get dunked with purple-colored cool uh, Gatorade. Gatorade color is amongst the most popular bets on Super Bowl Sunday huh. in Vegas houses or if you can get it online for crazy prop bets. Prior to Super Bowl 24, significant sharp action came on the correct color purple, moving the line from plus 275. In other words, you're going to bet 100 to win 275 to minus 130, where you got to bet 130 to, to win 100. That's pretty strong from DraftKings. Yeah, that is. On Thursday, three days before the game, Purple had received just 1% of the overall money on the market on BetMGM. The color was the only one whose total handle percentage was more than its percentage of total bets on DraftKings. A key data point when navigating through the bigger and more potentially informed money was coming. But that changed rapidly. Rather quickly as the game approached, BetMGM then reported 17% of the handle switched to purple. Wow. DraftKings reported similar sharp action. Sharp being the guys are supposed to know what's going on. Yes. 18% of the money coming in on purple, only 6% of the bets. Meanwhile, Fanatics had an insane 60% of the overall money on the color purple. Again, not the movie, the Gatorade color. <laughs> By far the most lopsided action anyone saw. So whether this was insider trading, in other words, somebody from the Chiefs, Giving this to select uh, uh, gamblers out there, a lot of folks are feeling that the days of betting on the Kool-Aid could be over. So, uh, some bettors are claiming some insider info uh, prior to the had odds to be. being nuked had to be involved in this situation. Just the law of averages say there's no other way. No, had to be. Um, 
green. Think about it. Orange, right? I'm thinking about all the colors that possibly could have could have been in play here. Right. And purple gets all of the action, and it gets it late. Yeah. 1.30 on Sunday, Connor Allen, who's a gambling expert, uh, tweeted out, Purple Gatorade is now minus 130 at DraftKings, and he had, like, two eyeballs. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, that's weird. It, so, it is. That's, that, that, Mike, that had to be somebody saying, if we win, it's going to be mm-hmm. Purple Gatorade. We'll dump on it, Big Red or Andy Reid. And it got out. There's no way. Well, BetMGM says we'll continue to offer the Gatorade bath as long as it's approved by regulators. This prop bet is popular with customers. But again, a lot of people won. This is where the NFL told anybody who's even remotely associated with the NFL you couldn't gamble, be in a casino. If somebody on the Chiefs' sideline leaked this, they're dead. They're done. I mean, we're talking like you're never going to work in the NFL again. I don't know about legal ramifications, but you're certainly never going to work in the league again. No, no, no. Yeah, this is. And now maybe your job wasn't all that great. It was worth doing this if your job was putting the Gatorade into the tub. Well, I was going to say, I mean, part of this is this had no bearing on the game, but this was the fear of the game itself and information that might affect the game. Like, for example, was Debo more injured than they let on? Right. I mean, he had, And that's serious. That's where, the, that's where the team gets in trouble and you lose draft picks, things yes. like that, when you're fudging the injury report. Yeah. But the Gatorade, dude, I don't know, but that is weird. And, mm. and by the way, I would have got in on that. Uh, those odds went, right. went from bad to really good. Right. Hey, speaking of color, the new Ferrari dropped today for the 2024 Formula One season. Saw it. Sweet. Beautiful. Sweet. Now, kind of homage to the mid-'70s when Nicky Lauda was driving. Got a little gold and yellow, or yellow and gold, or white, I should say, pinstripes and striping. You saw sometimes it. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be good. <laughs> yes. Now, again, we have to wait another year for Lewis Hamilton to be in the car, but a lot of people feel this car is going to be really kick-ass, got some special wing modifications, maybe give Red Bull a run for their money. But that's out there. I've tweeted up if if you're a Formula One guy, check it out on Mike Bell ATL. Hey, on to the Super Bowl. Crazy story, which I had not seen yet. I would have had it for you yesterday in Guy Talk. It just dropped today. The New York Post had it. Starts with a tweet and a podcast from Brandon Marshall. He claims that uh, Taylor Swift had people uh, who eventually got with security and said, get the guy who's sitting in front of us in the suite, out of here. That guy happened to be Kanye West. Really? (laughs) Wearing a mask on top of a full facial cover. Which looks ridiculous, but yeah. you know Kanye is is Kanye. He's gonna he's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs these days. The story Brandon Marshall puts out there is that uh, apparently they were sitting like literally two rows or a row in front of where the suite was, where you saw all the pictures of Taylor Swift and everybody else, and you know and Kelsey's brother, etc. So here's Marshall on his podcast, more tea. So Kanye West pulls up to the Super Bowl. Kanye West buys a ticket right in front of the Swift's booth, and anytime they were going to be showing Taylor Swift, Kanye's face is going to be there. He had a mask on, typical Kanye. So Taylor Swift gets pissed off. She goes boom, 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 makes a call or two. Everybody's involved. <laughs> Kanye gets kicked out of the stadium. Hot tea, hot tea. He was trying to leverage her celebrity to make some mo. You got to go back to their beef. Obviously, for those who don't remember, back in 09, when she won Best Record, he jumps up on the stage and makes an ass out of himself. And then Beyonce, it's been going on for Beyonce years. had the right. best video. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, that is, well, payback's a B. I mean, at the end of the day, if that right. is what took place, yeah, uh, her clout right now, Right it's up on. here. So uh, I, I did not know he was there, and why would I have, with this mask on? I would have had no idea. Yeah, uh, it's and his wife's got some sort of like rubber vinyl thing up around her. <laughs> were just, you? Were these you? People at, are insane. Were you at the? I know. I, I think you were. Were you at the Atlanta United game when he was there and he was wearing the mask? Yes. And he walked down and yes. like guys in our section so he were was like the uh, like the phantom of yes the Mercedes Benz because he was. Re- he had done the show there, correct, and then decided he was going to like rent out for the next two weeks and finish his album in the back. Donda, yeah. And yeah. Mike and I, ironically, that week, like before right. the album dropped, we went and took 
our photos, which we do every year, for the Falcons. Yeah, we were down there in the, in the Falcons locker room, and we basically couldn't go to the other side of the building because Kanye had – Remember, he just camped out he at did. Mercedes-Benz and just liked the accommodations. He had security, and they were like, uh, yeah, he's literally right next door. But the point is, he was at the Atlanta United game with that mask thing on. Right. And everybody's like, who is that? And then people around me were like, oh, that's Kanye. He stuck around to Orange Point. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That's crazy, I mean, weird. But I had no idea. So that's Brandon Marshall who put that Brandon out there? Brandon Marshall put it out there. Then there's photos of Kanye. So basically, he's got the black, like, full cover. With a mask over it, and it's got it looks like uh, like Jesus on the cross on the front of the mask. Okay, so there you have it. You can look, you can be googling it, and you can check it out. So now, as Carl and I were saying, I, I like when artists get creative. Do your thing, man. Like when Prince had Slave written sure. on the side because he was going to the Sony uh, argument and the negotiations about getting ripped off by the record company. That's one thing. Kanye's is just a completely other part of wackadoodle that's like off off the chart right now. Hey, one more nugget for you. We were talking earlier about uh, our comments from Nick Friedel. Uh, a lot of folks going bananas. If you didn't, if you heard, Carl just alluded to it about uh, what's going on with Trey, what's going on. Well, there's a story out of Dallas saying that uh, a lot of folks are feeling that maybe Luca and Carl brought this up earlier, may demand a trade at the end of this year. Oh, really? You're kidding me. You mean I knew what I was talking about earlier today? And from a Mavs podcast. Appreciate the link from Jimmy who sent that to me to, uh, to us via uh, Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, we were just talking because Luca and Trey will obviously be inexorably linked together because of the trade and the switch. That's what they're fearful of. It's not, it's not that he can't win. Right. And this is someone's opinion. This yes. is not fact. This is a, a, yes. a blogger in Dallas. But, but, but. but I'm telling you in the organization, Mike, this is what's going on. I have mm. friends in that organization. This is what they're fearful of. And remember, Mark Cuban, he's still running it, but he sold mm. it. There's a lot to that whole thing. He, yeah, they're building a giant casino complex correct right? that's the goal they're not going to yet but they mm. need to get you know uh texas to pass the laws and so he's taking a step back but it's all it's an illusion he still loves hoops and he still wants to run the team and be involved right. but the fact is if you don't do enough to build around him mm-hmm. he's going to do what all these stars do and ultimately right. he's going to say i got to go somewhere else where i can win that's the concern it's not whether he can play right we know he can play we know trey can play but can you build around them? Right. You'll hear what Nick Friedel had to say, guy former, formerly of ESPN now and Odyssey NBA Insider, coming up at 520, basically saying that uh, the Hawks are going nowhere and they're going nowhere fast with Trey. Hey, man, uh, today is Mardi Gras. Hey, man, as they say down there in the corner, les élèves en roulés. Let's go. Which means that the good times roll. Let's and, go. Uh, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday, so everyone's going to get freaky from Brazil to the quarter. And maybe you got some plans today to let your freaky flag fly, man. Have a great Mardi Gras. All right. Uh, coming up, Falcon Report is on the way. Uh, you'll hear what uh, NBA insider Nick Friedel had to say about Trey Young, the Hawks, and much more. And you will want to hear it coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't run away. See what I did there? <laughs> it's Dukes and Bell. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.